I'm Laura Youngkin of The Brave Millennial. This is Lars Helgeson, CEO of Greenrope and author of CRM for Dummies. I'm Allison Bloom-Fetchdock, the founder and CEO of Know Your Crew. This is Brad Van Dam, president and CEO of Marge Confectionery. And you're listening to High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. Now, executives, I want you to hear me out. I know that in your company today, one of the things, especially if you're a fast growing company, is you are seeing the pull and the tug and the miscommunication and the misalignment between your marketing team and your technology team. And you would love to be able to bring those two together, be able to not only deal with what you're working on right now to maintain the ship, but also still be able to get time and carve out ways to come up with the new innovative things about your tomorrow and have fortunate discoveries. Well, listen up. This is for you. You should insert a company that can help you make fortunate discoveries about tomorrow today. That is Serendipity Interactive. This company fuels innovation by helping you make those fortunate discoveries. If you want to learn more, feel free. Go to our website, www.serendipityinteractive.com. That's www.serendipityinteractive.com. Tell them Chris sent you and be prepared to make your fortunate discovery today. Hey, I know you're enjoying the show, but you also have a product or service and you think it would actually be beneficial for executives that we interview or those who listen to our show or our audience. How about if you had your product or service right here in this spot? Well, if you want more information or you're interested in being able to advertise with us or potentially be a sponsor, feel free to send me an email info at highlevelwisdom.com info at highlevelwisdom.com to learn how you can advertise and or be a sponsor of our show. Now, let's listen to this week's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Hey, if this is your first time, thank you so much. However you found us, why don't you let us know? Go and visit us on social media, Facebook, Instagram and or Twitter. You can find us with the handle at High Level Wisdom all together. Tell us how you found the show. But listen, you came at the right time because this is part two of my interview with Jay McDonald. Now, if you're just now tuning in, I want you to go back and listen to part one, which came out on this past Tuesday. It will give you a really great understanding of his thinking, his process, the way he came into becoming what I call the man's man, the CEO of CEOs. Um, Uh, through some incredible uh, companies and through great relationships and right relationship. This man has done some incredible things and continues to do incredible things. So here's part two of my interview with none other than Jay McDonald. Take a listen. There's a couple of things that stand out as you, as you were sharing that, that are, that are really interesting to me. So one being, as you talked about, you know, 30 years ago, you know, the type of organizations, they were structured differently. There was a lot of hierarchy in today's world. You're starting to see a lot more organizations become a lot flatter. How do you think that impacts, um, you know, older CEOs as they see these organizations become flatter and those looking to become an, the the next executive or the CEO? Because I would imagine uh, some perception, right, uh, comes into play here where some older CEOs might feel you know, millennials think it's a little too easy to get up to the top, but yet organizations are becoming flatter. So are millennials actually 
wrong in that assumption, considering how things might go. I, I just interested in your perspective on that. I, I think whether your organization is flat or more hierarchical should be a function of what the needs of the company and the industry are and what works best for the sort of employees you want to attract. Uh, what I would say to anybody, millennial or otherwise, is that competence is not something that you get out of a cereal box or uh, a computer program or what have you. It comes from lots of hard work and trial and error, and it, it comes from overcoming failure. Uh, most successful people are going to fall down. The analogy I make is with a small child, um, they don't come out of the womb knowing how to walk and run. Uh, they they learn to crawl and then they learn to pull themselves up and then they take one step and fall and they fall lots and lots of times before they develop the ability to walk and ultimately to run and some become Olympic uh, caliber athletes. Business is no different uh, and sometimes I think some younger people think that because they have a great education and they're smart that um, they know it all uh, or they've, they've got the silver bullet to make things uh, succeed. Uh, I think humility uh, along with self-confidence are critical to anyone's success and this continuous learning and and being a sponge for knowledge and experience from other people uh, is important. Al McGuire, the basketball coach for Marquette, who was a color commentator for CBS and basketball for years, said that uh, once a young person graduates from college uh, or technical school or wherever they are educated, they should spend six months as a bartender and six months as a cab driver, and then they would really have an education. <laughs> so there is, there is uh, value to walking around sense, common sense, street smart, and the only way you get that is by going out and doing it Absolutely. and engaging people who've done it. So... Uh, don't baby boomer or generation X, generation Y, millennial, generation Z that's now coming up through the schools. Uh, there are no instant things and there's no entitlement. Uh, you got to earn it. And uh, the only way you earn it is through, through trial and error and doing it with with a little bit of humble self-confidence. Absolutely. So I want to, I want to 
I want to play a game of scenario for a second with you, Jay, because um, there's something that I've been uh, fascinated by uh, when I look across uh, magazines that I read. And when you look at the news first thing in the morning or wherever you get your information from about business, there's just been a string over the last several years of uh, uh, failures, I would I would call them of of CEO. So I want to talk about this scenario and you tell me how Jay would handle this as the CEO. So you wake up tomorrow morning, you're the CEO of X company. You get that email or that phone call that says we need you in the office right now. We've got a situation. You go in and you hear about some really bad news, uh, something that went wrong inside of the company. And, you know, you've got to put it out there. Um, they're giving you all the parameters. They're telling you all what's happening. And what I really want to know from you, Jay, being in that seat, uh, as you've been many times, how do you apologize, Jay, as a CEO to not only your customers, but to the employees as well? When something goes wrong, what is what is the best way to apologize to ensure that you're communicating a heartfelt, uh, sincere apology and, and, and just overall understanding of what has happened. Well, I'm, I, I'm a strong believer in over communicating. I'm also, uh, I firmly believe that leaders take responsibility and, uh, give credit. They don't blame other people. Uh, Ultimately, they are responsible. So the first thing I would try to do in that situation is um, make sure I knew the facts. And I would try to deal with uh, the problem from a fact-based point of view rather than an emotional point of view. Um, obviously, Many of these situations are emotional also, so you can't ignore the emotional side of it. But most people make choices and decisions on emotions, and most disagreements and conflicts come because of conflicting emotions. So that to, to the degree that you can... Uh, get the facts out there and deal with it, take the responsibility, be sincere about it, and be authentic, be brutally honest about it. Um, when I was in the sporting goods industry, one of the companies we represented the whole time was Johnson & Johnson for all the tape and training room products. And... Uh, in the 80s, Johnson & Johnson and most of the millennials listening to this won't remember this. Johnson & Johnson had a Tylenol scare and it produces Tylenol and Tylenol um, had been tampered with in some of their manufacturing plants and was actually killing people. Not not a lot, but some. And the CEO of J&J &J at that time took 
an awful crisis and basically pulled all Tylenol of all chefs throughout the world and uh, addressed it, got to the bottom of the problem, and then reintroduced Tylenol after he was certain they had solved the problem. Um, that was one of the best managed crisis situations that, that I've ever um, seen or been somewhat a part of, but it, it, it took the facts, dealt with it, and it was hugely expensive to J&J. &J. Their stock went down dramatically. It cost billions of dollars. And for many companies, it would have put them out of business. Um, they survived and continue to be one of the best managed companies in the world. So I, I think you've got to have an ethical code and a moral code that um, goes throughout everything you do as a leader and your organization does. Absolutely. So along those same lines, when you start thinking about that code and what keeps, you know, CEOs moving and, you know, some you see are even just very relentless about their companies, um, you know, they're willing to put in the time, they're willing to put in the investment. But I'm interested in your perspective to know what would you say keep, uh, right now, uh, you know, the CEO today who's listening to this, what would you say typically keeps a CEO up at night with about their company and about what's going on? And how should millennials look to be able to help solve those issues? Well, it's it, it's hard to broad brush it and say that every CEO is kept up by the same things, but um, the CEOs I work with, uh, the things keeping them up at night are uh, finding the right talent. Uh, there, there are lots of jobs out there that are not being filled because people aren't trained to do the jobs that are needed. A, a big part of our unemployment rate or having fewer people employed than, than we have in 30 years is a mismatch of qualifications and jobs. And so finding people who uh, have the skill set and are willing to work and, and um, make the business successful is probably the biggest challenge that most leaders have. Some obviously are, are concerned about the overall um, situation in the world and how it may uh, impact uh, their business from an economic standpoint, from a um, security standpoint. Uh, you know, when, when a company like Equifax uh, has hundreds of millions of identities that potentially are compromised because of software failures or, or uh, 
lack of uh, security within their computer systems, that's that's just totally frightening. Uh, leaders are also, you know, burdened by regulation, government regulation, and red tape that just slows things down and uh, doesn't allow. Uh, them to act as quickly as they need to to uh, be adept in, in the market. Um, I think most leaders uh, have a high sense of social responsibility and and ethics, but we we need to get um, Washington in general doing something other than having coffee with each other and uh, not accomplishing too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and bickering across political aisles doesn't really accomplish too much. They need to get together and, and solve problems as opposed to just pointing fingers and blaming each other. Absolutely. And so as a CEO, you know, that's what you typically do all day, every day, you're solving problems. So Jay, last couple of questions here as we wrap up, but I'm, I'm very curious because when I got a chance to look at your background and all the things that you've done and from our initial conversation, I'm just fascinated by you. But here's kind of the the obvious question in my mind to you that I, I, I couldn't wait to this interview to ask you, but where do you still get your energy from to still do this? Like, why, why is it still exciting to you? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious from baby boomers when I see them spend decades continuing to not only just grow, but evolve and willing to pivot when necessary. But why is this still fun to you? Why do you still find it engaging and intriguing and, and you still get up every day, uh, as a CEO helping to manage other CEOs, what what is it that keeps the the fire going for you after such a long time doing this on your own? Well, I I have a passion for um, trying to be the best I can be. That was instilled in me as a young child by my parents, and uh, I love helping others be the best they can be. I need intellectual challenge. I need, I need to continue to grow and learn and make a difference. And that's what drives me every day. That's what causes me to be excited every morning when I wake up and, and excited every evening when I go to sleep. Um, I think um, understanding back to that why that I mentioned earlier, uh, living your why, I think, is the energy that fuels um, what we do. Uh, and everybody's different. Some people could be on cruises all the time, play golf every day, and play gin rummy every day. That's just not how I'm wired. I can do some of that all the time or a little of the time, but uh, I want to continue to be uh, intellectually challenged and to grow as a person. And this is a way to do that by surrounding myself with people that are smarter than I am and uh, 
are making a difference in the world. Absolutely. So last question I'm going to ask you more introspective, but I, I really want you to um, speak to our millennial audience out there. So if you were, you know, if you held up a mirror and you looked at your 25 to 35 self today and you knew that as a young person, you want to be in the C-suite of the company, whether it's a large corporation or a mid-sized firm that you're working in now. What advice would you give the younger 25 to 35 Jay McDonald to get there? What types of things would you say to yourself that you can share with our millennial audience? Several things. One is always exceed expectations. Do whatever you do, do it better than anybody else can do it. And always keep making yourself better. Find role models uh, who are in the industry, the business, uh, and uh, have the characteristics that you hope uh, to achieve at some point. And get those people to uh, mentor you if possible. Um, if, if you can't get them to individually mentor you, then try to learn what they do and have done uh, to allow them to be what you uh, aspire to be. Be a voracious reader. Uh, you, you know, we've got the opportunity today with all the information that we have um, before us to learn in ways that no previous generation has been able to do. So take advantage of that. And, and then finally, um, you know, map out a plan and, and stick to that plan. Don't change it every two weeks. Uh, evaluated on a six-month, 12-month, two-year basis, but uh, create a pathway and, and um, create the, uh, also assess your, your own strengths and weaknesses and challenges. Uh, you can't be an A in every part of your life. So you've got to decide what you want to be an AN and what you can be an AN, and you may need to decide you have to be a B or a C or some parts of, of your life you, you may have to eliminate. All of us have a to-do list. Not many of us have a to-not-do list or a don't list, and the only way we can... Um, do the things we need to do to be successful is to stop doing some of the things that we're doing that are keeping us from being successful. Mm. So, so uh, you've got to eliminate things to create room for the things that are going to make you uh, better and allow you to achieve what you want to 
Absolutely. Jay, you know, one of the things that I'm always uh, enamored by because I'm, I'm, I am I love history. I love hearing about it. And I believe that sometimes uh, sharing the journey uh, helps people learn a whole lot better uh, because, you know, Jay's story is not in, you know, books in schools today. So I think sometimes being able to have conversations like these is so important. So, Jay, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for being uh, someone who's been dedicated to his craft for decades. <laughs> um, and 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 I, I just find it fascinating that you even still that you still say today that I'm still willing to learn something new, um, you know, from those smarter than me. Um, I don't know how they get smarter than you, but, you know, I, I think, you know, we can all we can all strive to be that. So, Jay, that's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you so much for all that you have contributed as a CEO. And just thank you for sharing your time today on our podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And um, if um, any of your listeners just want to talk sometime, they're uh, welcome to get in touch with me. My website is jmcdonald.com j-a-y-m-c-d-o-n-a-l-d.com and they can find out how to contact me or link in with me or what have you and happy to engage or speak with any of them if I can be of help absolutely thank you so much well this wraps up another great interview another great week Um, Just another fascinating person who I've had the pleasure to not only talk to, but also meet in person, Jay McDonald. Jay, thank you so much. But I also have a very special shout out that I have to give right now to none other than Kathy. Kathy is Jay's assistant. She is absolutely incredible. And one of the things I like about Kathy, too, is that in her signature line, I'm not kidding, it literally says Jay's chief. I thought that was incredible uh, and she is she is definitely the chief she keeps him straight she keeps his calendar going and she keeps him moving to the next things that he needs to do so kathy thank you so much um thank you for being the chief and and making all things go uh around jay's business hey thank you audience thank you for listening thank you for being um a diehard a person who loves wisdom, someone who loves to hear from other CEOs, as I do. Um, I'm sure I'm not alone. Um, It's obvious the thousands of you that listen to us. And I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that uh, this entire year, uh, as we've continued to move forward and grow, you've been with us. So if you would, please do me a favor. Make sure you uh, send us an email. Send me an email. Chris at highlevelwisdom.com. I would love to hear your questions. Do you have questions for a CEO? If you do, why don't you submit them to me? We'll make sure that we get your questions answered by CEOs who we've either interviewed or who are already in our list. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that whatever you choose today, make sure you do it at a high level. Take care and have a great week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.